in Emory, Texas at the lake, Lake Fork, where I fished every day. You know, you can only catch so many fish before you say, is this all there is? And one day, Sally and I were driving down Rural County Road 3390. I remembered. Uh, we were driving. That's where we lived. Well, we were both city people. I didn't even know why we did this. But we had. We were, I'm driving down the road, and the Lord had been working on my heart. We were going to Lake Fork Baptist Church out there, and I. But anyway, the Lord really spoke to my heart, and I turned to her while we were driving down, right before we turned into our driveway, and I said, "Sally, uh, we we need we need to leave." And oh, I thought, boy, this is not the right thing to say to your wife uh, of a long time who knows that you just blurt out stuff half the time and you don't know what, you know, we're going to do. And, and you know what she said? You're right, we do. And the Lord's been speaking to me about it too. I said, okay. That was that sort of the moment uh, of our spiritual life. And so we decided to move, and we did, and uh, we were taking care of my mother and father and trying to help them and get them in the right place. And so we decided, we sort of went like this, okay, Rockwell looks like a good place, let's go to Rockwell. And uh, so we and we didn't think Rockwell at first, we actually moved to fate to begin with. So I asked, I, and then I deserted you. I, we, moved, we moved a few blocks away from Eddie, and and uh, Beth and 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 we didn't know you then. I'm sorry, but you came to our. But then we left. You know, I know I can't win this uh, conversation because then we moved. But we moved so like my mother would have a place and then live with us. Okay, is that is that all right? It's not all right. She's not happy with me. Okay. Anyway, we. I asked my friend who who spoke for us last year on our, our big date. Now, see, Lynn, I told you I wasn't going to say a lot before, so you'd have plenty, you still have plenty of time, okay? Uh, but I did, I did lie. I, I really am going to say some things. So I asked my friend, Gerald, who spoke here last year, I said, Gerald, where should we go to church? And you know all the churches in the area. I don't know the churches in the area like I used to, even though I grew up in Dallas. He said, you need to go to Lake Point. And I said, okay, where is it? He told me. I said, I thought that was the church on the, the rock and all of that stuff and he goes oh no 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 that's not the that's not the rock church anymore it's it's um it's something else and you need to go here you'll love steve stroop we 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 call him uh, the pope of all fundamental preachers in the area so i said okay i'll go listen to it so sally and i went and and i think the second sunday maybe the third sunday we went to tommy armstrong we just looked down the list and did this again okay we'll go to tommy armstrong's life group so we went to tommy armstrong's life group and boy what a great welcome it was a group of about i guess what 25 people or so you know big day was 30 maybe but about 20 25 people in the class when we went in and just greet us warmly and sally and i less and we loved that but both of us agreed, those folks are just too old for us. Now, those of you that have had that thought, you shouldn't have, that's, that's not a good thought. Um, matter of fact, I saw someone today that had told me, you know, we loved your life group, but we wanted to get something a little more our age. I so was tempted to say you wanted somebody older than our group. Is that what you're looking for? But I didn't do that. Um, 
anyway, I digress, <coughs> as I do often. So we start going to their life group. Tommy asked me to come have coffee with him, and which I learned later on was his trick to get me to do stuff. He said, I'd like you to teach with me in class. And so I started teaching with him, and from time to time I would teach. And I went to Tommy one day, and I said, Tommy, I want to teach more. This is not, I, 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 I got to teach a little more. <clears throat> he said, good. I think that's great, but the answer is no. And that wasn't the answer I was looking for. I mean, we were buddies and we played golf together and everything else. And he said, no, I don't think that's the answer. He said, the answer is, I want you to go and start a life group then, and we'll birth it out of our class. And I said, hmm, that wasn't what I was thinking at all. And so then he had, have you got a picture up there? This is, this is our spiritual grandfather uh, for our class. As most of you know, Tommy, who is, is the pastor of, uh, for seniors, a pastoral care here at the church, and just a great man of God, is in his last battle with multiple myeloma and suffering that disease for the past year and a half. He's, he, as he told me, and he's told me several times, but he told me in the hospital right before he left the hospital, and we've talked about it since, but he said, I just want to go be with Jesus, period. And I understand that. Tommy was our, he helped us get going. So two couples decided to help us get started. Uh, Don and Donna Sharbot, who moved to, you know, out of God's will up to Missouri and left us and, and deserted us. And uh, no, we love them dearly. They were they came to us immediately and said, Tommy said, we're gonna, you're going to start a class and we want to go with you. I said, great, great, that's wonderful. I said, I went back to Tommy, I said, we need a lot more. And he said, well, who'd you have in mind? And I gave him a list of, you know, 20 or 30 couples. He didn't buy that at all. Top on the list, though, was Donna and Terry. They started the class with us and have been with us. I, I, I tricked him. I said, look. Of course, you don't trick Terry, but I, I thought I tricked him. I said, look, if you'll just stay with us for six months, then if you don't like it, you can leave. And it's four years they're still here. Amen? That's, and yesterday was Terry, Terry's birthday. He's 90 years old yesterday. <laughs> I think he really looks good for being 90, doesn't he? And... So we're happy birthday. And today, I believe, is Don Mass' birthday. And, and Don is the only veteran of Vietnam. It's, he's 35 today. Isn't that amazing? How that happened, I don't know. But anyway, so I, we have had many times of joy and, and sadness and difficulties and blessing, but God has blessed us, and we all share as a community that's grown closer to Jesus and to one another, and as we've grown in numbers. So we're just thankful to him. He deserves all the glory and all the praise. So I, I want to introduce our speaker, Lynn Seipert. Uh, Lynn and Jury. Where's Jury? Jury, raise your hand. That's We met Lynn and Jury when we first went to Tommy's life group because they were they were there for some time uh, but Lynn and, and 
uh, jury. Uh, they're just short timers in the marriage business. They've been married for 56 years. They have two sons. One of them's my insurance man. They have three granddaughters. So you did the opposite of us. We had three daughters and then we had grandsons. So he has four great granddaughters. He says he's retired, but really he says that's only he's re, redeployed. I like that, redeployed. He served 28 years with Blue Cross of Texas, but he was what we call bivocational. That's not a nasty word. No, that's a good word. Uh, bivocational means you can do two things at once. He was pastor of First Baptist Church at that time of Fairview, Texas. He was associate pastor for some time at Cottonwood Creek Baptist Church in Allen. And which is interesting, I didn't even think about this. My brother and I grew up next to Cottonwood Creek. I went to Cottonwood Swimming Pool when we were little kids. So there's the six degrees of separation that I was talking to Keith about yesterday. We keep finding out stuff that where we cross paths early in our life. He worked as the pastoral care pastor here at Lake Point. Before Tommy had the job, he had he had that job. And then later he came back. They, they he retired. And they said, "No, you're not retired." He came back and did. He was the uh, liaison between in the missions department between the missions department and the life groups and helped us with a lot of things. And several of you know him, of course. He now teaches a, a Saturday evening life group. He's my friend. He's my prayer partner, and he's also no, nothing mystical about it. But he's a spiritual advisor to me. And this started three years ago. Three years ago, they told, our, told us that our son-in-law had uh, pancreatic cancer. And it was very serious. Of course, we, as you know, you took that journey with us. And it was obviously difficult. I, it just was a difficult time. So I, I called Lynn because I knew him. And this is three years ago when this started. I said, will you just meet with me on occasion and pray with me and help me on some issues? And that's when it started. And we, we met on a regular basis. Lynn really was a, a rock for me to cry out to and ask for help during that significantly difficult time in our lives. My wife and I, of course, and our daughter and their kids, we were all just devastated. And it was hard for me to talk to anybody about it. But it wasn't hard for me to talk to Lynn about it. And Lynn gave me some great advice, but more than that, he was just my spiritual friend. So I thank God for that, and I'll never forget it. And I want our verse today to be, as Lynn comes and speaks to us, I couldn't think of anybody better to speak today than Lynn, because we continued that period of time of refreshment, and for me to, you know... Sometimes you you can't just tell you know your spouse necessarily what you're thinking because it'll scare them to death, and I I'm the kind of guy that just sort of blurts out things and I may or may not ever do them, but the first thing it comes you know it's you know I I open mouth and let it fly and then I engage my brain usually afterwards, and so many times I it's necessary for me to talk to somebody else about that who understands that, and Lynn is the guy who does that with, uh, he and I meet often and, and, and talk about that. Here's what we're going to keep as our verse today. Psalm 126.3, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. 
So if you think we're happy, it's because we are. And you think we're going to celebrate today? You ain't seen nothing yet. Amen? I mean, what great people. There's a thousand. Anybody remember that old show, TV show? There are a thousand stories in the naked city. And nobody remembers that but me. Drag, no, it wasn't Dragnet. It was uh, something before that. What was it? No, no, it wasn't a comedy. It was when I was a little kid. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So what am I doing this for? Just Some of you are sitting there saying, shut up and just get going, all right? All right. So we're going to celebrate today. Lynn, come on up. The Lord has done great things for us. We're filled with joy. Don't you just love him? Uh, he's awesome, I tell you. He's a great guy, and it's a joy to be here. However, Charlie, I don't need this page anymore. I don't need this page anymore. Uh, we play golf together, and I, I tell you, it's a joy for Dre and I to be here uh, on this celebration, the fourth birthday of this life group and what a joy it is for us to be here be with you but I play golf with uh, Charlie and uh, a couple other guys in here with Glenn and Terry I want you to know something about them we keep the Ten Commandments last time we played they broke six <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you which six but they broke six I'm the peacekeeper they are vicious they're cutthroat they're competitive, and I'm just over there all the time going, I wonder if he's going to wrap that club around his neck. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, we have a lot of fun, and it's a great group, and I enjoy being a part of that. Uh, you guys are a great, compassionate, giving, uh, generous, full of grace life group. And I want you to know that. That's from the bottom of my heart to who you are, and that's what I've seen happen. I had happy birthdays on here, but he took care of that, so put that one away. Uh, <laughs> But Terry Allen, we were playing golf, and he had a birthday on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah. He didn't tell us that until the game was over. We could have fixed him up. I remember when this life group started. It didn't, okay? No, I, I, I'm giving you a bad time. I, I heard a story about this, this little boy that was in the service, and all these people were sitting around him, and the preacher got through preaching kind of like Josh did uh, last night and this morning, and you know what? It was revival. Did y'all have revival this morning in there? I mean, it was revival. I just wanted him to go, man, go, go, just keep on going. And this little boy looked up at this guy, and he said, Mr., are you saved? And this guy had on a suit and tie, and he looked down at him. He said, son, I'm a deacon in this church. And he said, oh, but are you a Christian? <laughs> and that man looked at me and said, son, I'm the chairman of the deacons. I'm the president of the bank. I'm the president of the chamber of commerce. And the little boy said, that's okay. God can save you anyway. <laughs> so, so, you know, Josh was on that roll this morning. Uh, I know he was last night. But anyway, I remember when this life group started. The three couples that he mentioned that started out in this life group. How, and he asked the question, but how many of you were here on that first Sunday? Great, great group. Keith. I, I'm, in a, I'm in a Bible study with Keith on Wednesday night, and he mentioned that he was here that first Sunday to me. It, that's, that is, it was a great start. It was birthed out of the Armstrong Life Group, as he mentioned first. You've grown over these four years. You started with, do you know how many you had that first Sunday? 
Uh, okay. <laughs> 19 family members and 30 people here, okay? But you now have over 71 members of this class, or 70, 71, or more than that, that are members of this class, which is awesome in four years. I just want you to know that. And so my question is, how many of you came in the very first year? Do you know? How many came the second year? All right. How many in the third year? And how many? Oh, great. And how many of you came in just this, this past year? Wow. Wow. How great it is to watch the growth in that that goes on. Well, I hear, I hear a lot of people's stories, and I love to hear stories. So we're going to do a little pop-up thing here, if that's all right. Just one or two of you, and it can't be long. My watch is running. So it can't be long, okay? What do you like about this life group? Somebody. The leader. The leader. Somebody. Fellowship. Fellowship. Somebody. The love. I'm sorry? The love. All right. The love that's here. Anybody else? The pr- it's a prayer group. He talked about that earlier. Anybody else? One more. Mission. Missions. Mission. Man, that, that is great. And when you hear that about a life group, how great can that be? You're one of the most active. Now, I I can say this because when I was in the pastoral care role, I had about 25 life groups that I coached. Then when I went into the missions role a few couple of years ago, I went to many life groups around telling them about the mission area. And and, uh, when I went to those life groups and talked to them, I just want to tell you about your life group. You're one of the most active you're one of the most mission-minded, you mentioned mission, mission-minded and generous groups at the Lake Point Church. And I want you to know that. That's not just, I'm not just saying that because you're celebrating here. I'm saying that because it's the truth. It's exactly what happened. This is an awesome group. And guys, when I say that, you're top tier. We have over, two months ago, we had over 130 life groups at the Rockwall campus. Now, Today is kind of, we don't call it promotion day, but this is kind of new life groups starting. And I don't know how many new life groups started, but generally we start 8 to 10 life groups each time we do that. So, so there's about 140 life groups, roughly, that's at the Rockwall campus alone, and you guys are on the top tier of that. And that's not because we're celebrating today. That's who you are, and we need to celebrate that because that's who you are. Amen. You know, that's good. I remember meeting with Charlie and Mike Neighbors whenever they first got started and they were talking missions and, and I was working missions at the time and we sat down and we had some mission conversation and it was real interesting to hear them as they began to pray and they began to talk about and they began to look for a strategy for missions. Now folks, it's not just by happenstance this happens what's going on in missions. It's because there's been prayer, it's been bathed in prayer and there was a strategy put in place to begin to move so that you would be one of those life groups that had local, national, and international partners, which you do. I remember meeting with them today, and, uh, or in those days, and I remember that, but today, now I'm just going to tell you this, and y'all all know this, but we're celebrating, right? All right. Today, this is what I know, and if you know more about this, you speak up. It's okay. But today, what I know, locally, you have an eyeglass ministry, Right? And in that eyeglass ministry, you have weekly participation, you prepare glasses, you maintain those, you clean them, you have an inventory. And then I understand you bought a new refraction machine 
because the machine we had continued to give problems when we get into Mexico or somewhere else. And so you guys have bought a new refraction machine, that equipment. You also serve in the food pantry. It's got a different name, but that's my name for it. You serve in the food pantry. You participate weekly. How many of you do that? How many of you are in that food pantry weekly? Great. You, you work there weekly and you do that. How many was in the eyeglass ministry, by the way? Awesome. You, do, you give money to that. There's financial support to that, and that's great. Nationally, you go to Front Range Christian Church, Castle Rock, Colorado. Pastor Ernest Smith. And uh, how many of you, I know Charlie and Sally have been there. How many of you have been to that church? Any of you? Well, you know what? You don't have to be there. All you have to do is pray for them. Prayer is key. Those pastors tell us that we need somebody to pray for them. I hope that you send occasionally a card to Pastor Smith and say, man, we prayed for you today. It would be nice if you sent a $100 gift certificate and said, won't you take your family and go get some hamburgers? I'm telling you, those guys on the, this is front range, but those guys that are literally on the front range that are planning churches, it's lonesome. And their families go through a difficult time. And if, when you support in any way, you support them. It's awesome. So it's exciting that you're doing that. And then international. And I, I now listen, I'm a West Texas boy. And my English and my pronunciation is not real good when it comes to the Spanish. So forgive me. But if I'm right, you have Casa de Bethesda. Is that right? In Piedras, you sponsor two special needs individuals. You purchased a new water storage system. You purchased an international blender. The, another church, which is Iglesia Fuente de Vida Baptisto. All I know is a Baptist church, okay? <laughs> and that's in Piedras. Did the $5,000 donation go to that church, or did it go to another place? It hasn't gone anywhere yet. But it's... It will go to help them... Uh, all right, buy property and, and that sort of thing that they're looking at. And I know that you guys were doing that. And you put a water filtration system in Ghana, and you give monthly support to the bucket ministry. Wow, how awesome is that? Who's been on a Mexico mission? Wow, your whole class almost went one time, I believe. Uh, and that's awesome. All right, we have time for you to share one story about why you went to Mexico and what came out of that. Come on, somebody went to Mexico? Come on. Well, I mean, Lake Point has such an awesome ministry down there. I mean, when you, uh, when you get to do something that you don't do in your normal job, like wheelchairs or dentistry or uh, eyeglasses, it's just so rewarding. And those of us that sponsor people down there too for their children or adults at the orphanage, Lake Point arranges for us to meet them every time we go. So it's, it's just really cool. How awesome. How awesome is that? By the way, he's been in your class for about a month. I don't know if he's a member or not, but sign him up. All right? That's right. Three times and you're in. As a matter of fact, I heard somebody say over here to a group, you're here second time, one more and you're in. As a matter of fact, you got in under that, didn't you? All right. That is great. By the way, let me just put an advertisement in here on the bucket ministry. The bucket ministry is going to be have some, uh, going to be have an event, and it is called the... Boots and Buckets event, and it's going to be at South Fork Ranch, November the 8th. Big Daddy Weaver, y'all know who Big Daddy Weaver is? Big Daddy Weave, 
He's going to be the entertainment at that. And, of course, it's, it's a fundraiser for that. But it would be great if this class figured out how to take two tables, sponsor two tables, and go over there and do that. Okay, so much advertisement's over. You've got three growth groups. You have a mob. <laughs> Woo! you got the mob. Yeah, is this a mob boss? Right here, Ron. He's a mob boss. But then you also have lips. <laughs> who, who leads the lips? All right. Awesome. I, I love those names. When I read that, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. I'd like to take those from my group. No, I can't. Do you guys realize in four years, you've done more than what? Eight to 10 to, to 15 years have been in some life groups. They're not where you need to be. Yes, that's a celebration. They're not where they want to be in that, but you are. You have grown, and you have, uh, you have met the needs. And you know why? Because there's prayer, there's love, and there's the Word of God being taught. And that's why that happens. I say congratulations to you, Jones Life Group. Glory to God. Amen. Well, you're a 2D life group, and you could be a 3D. Uh, you come down one. Uh, a 3D has mission partners, all local, national, international. You have that. That D, I believe, is deploy. And you all have done that. You have these growth groups. And that's awesome. That's one of the Ds, and that's disciple. And you all are doing that. You, I, see, I think you got three Ds. But in the eyes of the church, he's got two. But I think he got three because the other D is developed, and y'all have developed into an awesome life group. So I think you meet it. But literally, the one part of the D that's missing is the one where you do what Tommy Armstrong did to this group, and you birth a class. Now, listen. I, I, listen to me. Listen to me. L listen to me. No, no, listen to me. I got one more, I got one more sentence before my time's up. Y'all are too young to birth a class. You're just four years old. So you can't birth a class yet. You gotta wait. You gotta get bigger to do that. So and get older, more mature. That's it. Well, you know what, guys? While we look back at, at four years of while we look back literally at four years of celebration, all the thing that's going on, how great it is, everything is awesome. But I want to tell you something. You've not plateaued. You're still moving. All right? Paul had some words for the church at Philippi. This is what he told that church at Philippi. And let me just read it to you. It's Philippians chapter 3. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by my Christ Jesus. By Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. 
Now, I just want to challenge you just a little bit. Paul said, I haven't attained it yet at the point he was at. He said, I, I haven't, I'm not perfect. I'm not in that position yet. But then he put in a but. And anytime you see but in the scripture, you can underline it, whatever, because it's fixing to change horses. Something is fixing that. This happened, but here we go. He said, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that, which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. God got a hold of Paul, and he had a mission for him, and he did that. God can do that same thing in this class. He's got a hold in the mission that he has for this class. God knows what it is, and he's going to reveal it to you as you move forward. The second thing is, he said, I don't regard myself as having laid a hold of it yet, but the one thing I do, but again, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind. Guys, y'all got all sorts of accolades. We're celebrating that today. What a great joy that is. But let me tell you something. He said, I'm going to look to the future. I'm going to reach forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Folks, you're not there yet. We won't all be there till we get to heaven and we'll be with Jesus. But you have done great and wonderful things. But God's got more. Now I want to tell you something. I want to tell you what you're doing. You folks are building a foundation to leave a legacy for those to come. Now, you need, to get, you need to grasp this. You know what you're doing right now? It's not for you right now while y'all enjoy it and all that, but it's for those that's coming. It's for some, those kids down in the children's area. It's for some of those young adults. It's for those youth, and it's for babies that haven't ever been born yet. They're going to come because you're going to build a foundation. Somebody built down here at Lake Point, we're on that foundation now, and that foundation is going to go again. So what you guys do is going to be a legacy for those that's yet to come. Okay? Y'all with me? All right. So, so the, my, my challenge to you is that foundation needs to be strong. Now, when you start building a foundation, there's some pain that goes with that. Y'all talked about it. There's some heartache. There's some suffering. There's joy, much joy that goes with it. And the joy can only come through God. But I know that in the past, this life group has been through suffering. You've been through deaths. You've been through sickness. You've been through dread disease. You've been through difficulties. But through all of that, you know what's happened to your life group? It's come together. Your life group has knit together. And what God has done, He has taken that and He has stirred it in His pot and He has brought all of you into this place with the things that you bring, the things that you have, the illnesses, the, the joy, the fun, all of that, and He stirred it in His pot. And when He finished with it, or when He finishes it, as He goes through that process, then what comes out of that is a tight-knit group. Not tight-knit that doesn't take people in, but a group that prays together, that loves together, that cares for each other. That is what that is going to come about. You care, you pray, you break bread together, you do all of that. Folks, the suffering and the joy is what puts the glue into this life group. If you're going to reach forward, 
Here's a thought. Let's see. One Corinthian says, y'all hadn't heard that in a long time, have you? <laughs> One Corinthians 2.9 says, Things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love Him. Wow. You know what? He wasn't talking about just heaven. He's talking about right here. And he says, things that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, that that's been placed into man is going to come about because of the love of God. Is prepared for those because of the love of God. Do y'all believe that God's got something real special for this life group going forward? That was pretty weak. <laughs> Amen. You know, he's got something going forward. It's going to be exciting. And your eye has not seen it. Your ear has not heard it yet, whatever that's going to be, that that he's going to place in you and he's going to prepare you to do it. That's the joy. That's the joy that's coming. You say, well, how are we going to do that? <laughs> well, let me just give you another verse. Ephesians 3.20 says, you all pray how this one memorized. Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him, who's him? Jesus now to him, Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. What is that power? Holy Spirit that's in us. To him, Jesus, be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Not to just this generation, not to the past, but to all generations. Well, that's exciting, isn't it? Amen. Let me just share a, just a little, a little personal story that illustrates eye has not seen, ear has not heard all that God places in you and He prepares you for. It tells the story about he will do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you think. In the 1990s, I was bivocational. And this is about the third or fourth church I'd been in like that. And my ministry, I'll, someday I'll be able to tell you about that ministry. But my ministry was not a ministry as we know pastors in ministry today. But my ministry was more in working with churches who were going with problems, having issues, going through things. And my ministry was to come in and kind of help settle those things out. I could do that because God had given me a good job and I didn't have to have money and most of these little churches didn't have money and they couldn't pay for a preacher. So it was very difficult. So that was kind of the way I started out. Once I was called to ministry when I was 40 years old, I said, God, you must have owned the person behind me, not me. <laughs> Something must be wrong. I'm 40 years old and I'm not ready to do that. But God said, all I'm asking you to do is be available and you do what I ask you to do. I said, God, I don't have seminary. I don't have any of the background. I don't have any of the preparation. He said, you just do what I tell you to do. And it'll be okay. And it was. I, I just I stand here before you today and say, that's how great God is, that he can do that. But I went into this church, and the church was running about 85 to 100 people in the church. It was in the early 90s. It was in Fairview, First Baptist Church of Fairview, Texas, over by McKinney. We were a small church at that time. I was working at that time. I had moved into a staff position, and we were putting in a new product with Blue Cross. And I was working anywhere from 12 to 14 to 15 hours a day in my job. And then I was preaching on Sunday morning, preaching on Sunday night, doing what we used to have prayer meetings. We're doing prayer meeting on Wednesday night, doing visitation if visitation needed to be done, 
committee meetings, whatever had to be done was taken care of. We had two acres of land, and on Saturday I got to mow those two acres of land. So it was crazy. I, I mean, it was just upside down crazy, going like, going like nothing that you've ever seen with that process. Well, the average age of the church was about 60 plus. And the, this little church had, was like a hundred, it was, it was right at a hundredth birthday when I went in there, and, but they had built another church, and they had a little bit of a vision because they built the church to be about 100, uh, about 300 or 350 seating. And so we had about 100 people. And I went into to the church uh, there, and, and we were, had things going, and uh, we saw a little bit of growth. We saw, saw some things happening. But you know what? They were satisfied. They were 60-plus. Man, I had five deacons, and they were all in their 70s. And, and it was just one of those deals. It was just like, golly, it's not live. It's not moving like it needs to. In the middle of that, we had a lot of illness, as people do when they're in that age group. And we had a couple of ladies with cancer. We had a, we had a guy that had a heart attack. <coughs> and our, son, our youngest son, Tim, came down with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he was about 20, 22 years old. And we're just, we're devastated about that. So... I tell you that to say that, that in our little community then, not only did we have all the little illnesses, all the little difficulties, all these things going on, but in our community at that time, we had Allen, we had McKinney, we had Fairview, and the housetops, this is what I called them in that day, the housetops were coming, they were popping up like crazy because of the growth out in that area. And so I started using a phrase, housetops are coming at us. What are we going to do? And the old people looked at me kind of funny. And like, well, those are houses, you know. And I said, they're coming at us. Why do you think God planted us here almost 100 years ago? Do you think God's through this church? And they said, no. Now, long story short, that group of about 50 to 60 people out of that 100 got on fire for God. They got a vision about things that we don't see now and things that we haven't heard yet, and they got a vision about it. And when they got that vision, every Sunday night, it didn't happen so much on Sunday morning because we, we had a little bit larger crowd, but on Sunday night and on Wednesday night, our altar would be filled with those older adults on their knees, Shedding tears, praying not only for our sicknesses, not only for Tim and for those people that were sick, but they were praying, God, send us babies. We had one. Send us children. We had five. Send us youth. We had ten. Send us young leaders that can, that can lead, that can teach, that can do things. That's what they prayed every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. They began to pray that prayer. We got to get ready. And their words were, the rooftops are coming at us. We got to get ready. Now, folks, we grew to about 350 in about a two-year period. Just That's not big growth, but it was for us. But what happened all of a sudden is we had 10 babies in the nursery. And what happened all of a sudden is we had about 30 or 40 children. And what happened all of a sudden is we had about 20 youth. What happened all of a sudden is we had families coming in, joining, and as they joined, they would come in, and they had kids, and they said, oh, yeah, we taught in the church we came from. Oh, yeah, we led in the church we came from. 
And the next thing we know, we had leadership. We had young leadership. We had kids. We had babies. We had children. And we was a church. The praying didn't stop. They continued to pray like that. Now, what, what took place out of that then, after all of that happened, after all of that took place, and we were growing like crazy, and I thought, man, this is, this is exciting. I'm so, I'm so excited about what's going on. God came to me, and God's never spoken to me audibly. And maybe He has some of you. But He always speaks to me in my spirit when I read the Word. And God said, Lynn, you've done what I asked you to do. Would you step aside? <laughs> what? I mean, I mean, we got babies and we got children and we got youth and we're growing. What are you talking about, God? And he said, you've done what I asked you to do. Step aside. And I did. And about two months later, a 32-year-old pastor came in. He's still there today. He's been there 20 years. He came in and all of those houses, those rooftops, was young people with kids. They related and they began to come in and they began to grow. And within a couple of years, it was over a thousand. And we had to build another building. It's a, a building that we could just kind of get out into. We ran out of land. We couldn't go from that. Long story short, we bought 46 acres of land between McKinney and Frisco. And today that church is Cottonwood Creek Baptist Church. And they run over 2,500 people. I mean, it's awesome. But it all started. It all started with prayer. And when the people got serious and they started praying for leaders, they started praying for babies, they started praying for each other, and God granted. I had not seen, ear had not heard what God had placed and He was going to do. And then He did exactly what He said He was going to do. And He was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or thought that He could do. Now folks, I challenge this class. To be what God wants you to be. I challenge you that next year when we celebrate, and eight years from now when we celebrate, it's going to be massive of what we do. Because God's in it. And that's who He's about. Wow. Isn't that, I mean, that's exciting. Nothing is impossible with God. Well, He's got a plan for you guys. And to God be the glory. Forever and forever. Thank you for letting me be a part of this.